0: From the Fox News Podcast Network, I'm Dana Perino, and everything will be okay. Hello, and welcome back. Last time I spoke with author of The Raging 2020s, Alec Ross, That's a book that describes the state of the world today, and Alex shared his very incredible insight into the world and politics. Lots to chew on there, so we were so glad to have him. This week, I'm joined by a young woman who I consider a role model and who is hoping to cultivate sisterhood through her organization. In almost every mentoring meeting I have, there's an elephant in the room. While it's usually the last question I'm asked, it's the biggest question on their minds. How can you find a way to be more settled and satisfied, relaxed and happy, while also pushing hard to achieve your goals? Sadie Robertson Huff is a New York Times bestselling author, a speaker, influencer, and host of the podcast. Whoa, that's good. Sadie is on a mission to reach her generation with the message of Christ. Sadie, since the last time we talked on March 17th, so much has happened and. I I wasn't even sure really how to prepare for this. I didn't really. I thought, I just want to talk to her and find out (laughs) how these last several months have been because you became a new mom to a beautiful little girl named Honey.
1: Yes. So, yes, life has been crazy. I guess when we talked, I was very pregnant. I was probably out of breath, half of our conversation, but I was so grateful to get to talk to you. Um, But yes, I had Honey. She was due May 3rd, but she didn't come until May 11th, so she uh, really liked her stay in the womb, and um, <laughs> let me just tell you, I was thinking it was a little bit of an overstay, but that's okay. She came at the perfect time, and um, yeah, so I, we're four months in now. She's four months old, which is crazy how fast time flies, and we are still and will forever be figuring out parenthood and how to be the best parents we can to this amazing little girl. She is just awesome. She is so crazy. She she is like Christian and I, like both of our crazy energy in one little body, and so she she is always moving, always shaking, always wanting to talk, and she's just the most fun. So, yeah, in
0: fact, your mom um, is probably looking at her, going, "Ha ha, Sadie! Now you're going to have to deal with energy like that."
1: Oh, yeah. Trust me. I am getting back what I gave my whole life to my parents. Um,
0: Recently, she was in the hospital for RSV, and I didn't realize how common that was. I learned a lot from, from that. Tell me a little bit about that experience. Yeah, so it was very um, sad and really scary. And it is so common.
1: It's been really sad. This year, it's been actually very strange, the doctors have said, um, just how much RSV has kind of surged around our country in the summer, which normally it's a winter virus. And now it's in the summer, and it's been really hard for little ones. And they say maybe because of COVID, just all of us being inside for so long and then our immune systems being down, and now the babies, you know, being out and getting this cold. It's just, a little bit worse. And so um, when we first found out she had RSV, I was like immediately scared, like, oh no, like we have to go to the hospital. And my doctor was like, don't worry, like, not every baby has to go to the hospital. And honey's cousins, um, my brother's kids, had just had RSV and been fine. And so we thought, okay, maybe she'll be fine. But her little lungs just mm. were really struggling um, about six days in. And she just couldn't keep her oxygen level up, which, of course, as a mom, is very scary and so we took her in and um we had to stay for four days and get her oxygen level back to a good enough you know percentage for the doctors to feel good about sending her home Mm. but i gotta say like um I felt so covered in that hospital just by prayer and people. Um, at first, I didn't want to post it just because that was so private to us. But then um, I just felt like these people can be praying for her, so I put it out there, and it really did like turn. Uh, it really did turn the situation while we were in the hospital, just because in the midst of something really sad, we just felt very lifted and uh, had this deep hope that we knew she was going to be okay and she was going to get better. And just honestly, the fear kind of turned to gratitude for the hospital and the nurses and uh, the people praying, and she did.
0: She came through, and now she is back to her crazy little fun self. Yeah, good. I'm so glad to hear that. I was I was moved by one of the things that you said in, I think, your post. Of, I can't, I, think, I believe it was Instagram. That's where I mostly see um, your posts about how it was eye-opening to you um, to see what parents who have a child who might be, um, have a, a worse illness or uh, mm-hmm. a disease that they're dealing with in the hospital. And I felt like you were giving them some great hope uh, about the power of prayer.
1: Yes. Honestly, it really broke our hearts and moved our hearts for parents who are in the hospital long-term with their kids. Like honey had RSV. We were there for four days. People have cancer and they're there for years. You know, people have way worse things. People were in a car wreck, you know, people have these things that happen to them that seem so unfair and just crazy that life throws at them and they have to be in the hospital and living your days in the hospital, it can be so hard. You know, it can feel really isolating. It can feel really lonely. It can feel hopeless. And so I wanted to encourage them that one, we were praying for them and that we, we see them and that we, in the smallest way, feel the grief that they feel and Mm -hmm. the the sorrow that they feel And in the darkness, honestly, that can, the hospital can feel like, but at the same time, we wanted to encourage them to like, let people into their life because just because people can't get into the hospital, it doesn't mean people don't want to be in, in your life. People want to know the updates. People want to pray. People want yeah. to hear from you and they want, and they're believing with you that your child's going to be okay. And so I guess it just gave us um, a newfound, you know, compassion for people going through that. And
0: want, we want to do our part in making sure they felt seen and heard. One of the things that we talked about um, when we talked about my book was the um, concerns that young women have about a work life balance. And Mm -hmm. concerns that they think that they might not be able to do both, have a career and family or just not sure how to manage all of that. And I know Honey is only four months old, but I have watched that um, while she's just been here those four months, you've done a a few big things. You have a book (laughs) that's coming out uh, that I want to talk about uh, that uh, is called Live on Purpose by Sadie Robertson Mm -hmm. Huff. I love the cover. I love the cover and I've I've flipped through a few of the pages and I think these books are so wonderful. So I know how time consuming writing a book is. So I wanted to hear about that and how you've thought about finding that own balance for yourself.
1: So it's been really crazy. So in March when we talked, I probably had just finished with the devotional book, and I was just starting on another book coming out in February. Um, and so, yes, very time-consuming to write a book. It was crazy to think that I could write a book at the same time as having honey, but I was able to do it. Thank God, and I'm I'm proud of it, and I'm excited about it because I do know that people need this message, the so live on purpose message that's you know out now, is important because we have this generation who struggles so much with this purpose anxiety of like, what is my purpose? How do I find my purpose? Am I living my purpose that they get so mm-hmm. anxious about it that they don't just. Do it. Live. Don't just live their purpose. Just go. Just live. Just do. <laughs> and so I am excited for this message to come
0: out and the one to come. But oh, also... tell me about the one to come because I might have been confused because the, the Live on Purpose is the one I just saw on my desk. Yes. Live on Purpose is the current one. That's okay. the one that's out right now. And then
1: the book, Who Are You Following, is going to be out next February. Wow. And that is about uh, social media, how to follow Jesus in a social media obsessed world. Okay. So... Well, let's talk about
0: it. What did you find out? Yes. Give so... us a little preview.
1: So basically, I found out the obvious that our world is struggling, right? That we are more anxious than we've ever been. We are more depressed than we've ever been. We are comparing ourselves more to the next person. Eating disorders are on a higher level than ever. And as depressing as all of those statistics sound, it's actually not shocking that that's what we're finding because those are the things that we're constantly filling our mind with on a daily basis. We're following people on social media. We're following the news. We're following the influencers more than we're following God and because of that the outcome is less than our you know ultimate potential and i think you know when we follow god first even though we live in a broken world we will have joy in the midst of the sorrow we will have peace in the midst of the stress we will have a hope in the midst of the darkness and so i just want to encourage people to shift their um, you know posture to instead of following the world first to follow jesus first and the world will become a better place and So I'm excited for that book. So yes, it's been crazy lately, Mm -hmm. writing a lot, being a mom and how to balance. You know, I think what I've realized is that I think when I try to majorly focus on how to have balance. A lot of times that kind of stresses me out even more because I'm like, how am I ever going to have balance? And maybe, you know, my balance is going to look different than other people. But I think one thing that I've realized is just like, I have to focus on where my priorities are. And if my priorities are around following Jesus, being a good wife to Christian, being a good mom to honey, being a good friend. And then, you know, doing the ministry that I do, doing the work that I do, I think I'll, you know, be able to say yes to the right things at the right time. time. Um, I used to not have like any balance. And so I'm definitely trying to, uh, you know, apply that to my life more. And your book was so encouraging for that. And so, yes, it has definitely been a journey. And I
0: feel like I I would say I'm trying to find my footing, but maybe I'm just Mm -hmm. trying to let God carry me. (laughs) I think that the book that's coming in February, it's going to be a huge bestseller because I hear about this all the time from my friends um, who have uh, children who are teenagers Mm -hmm. Um, And social media becomes a thing that it just is uh, quite overwhelming. And Facebook put out something today that said, actually, there are studies that show that social media does make people feel better about themselves. And and I'm sure there are studies that show everything. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the things in particular um, that came out for Instagram and Facebook recently after they had a whistleblower that said, you know, they have uh, a research at Facebook that says that girls and body image, um, that they're really affected negatively, By social media now, I don't know. I actually think that even when I was a little girl and growing up, like body image issues have always been around. Mm -hmm. Um, So I don't necessarily think you can say, "Oh, that started with social media." I think that has been for a while. Um, Mm -hmm. And when when you think about how to either advise parents or young women who might be reading your book, do you have some tips on that?
1: Yeah, I think even with the to your point about body image, I think absolutely these things that we're struggling with have always been a struggle. I think what social media is doing, it's kind of pressing into the wound a little bit, you know, it's like, we always struggle with body image, but now we have, um, you know, literally there's like 7 billion videos that go up on Facebook every day. There's like like millions, if not billions of Snapchat sent every day. There's images on Instagram that you constantly have access to. And I'm not talking about just the everyday, you know, just the normal images. Like I think we have to, you know, have the ability to, and, you know, the discernment to be able to not, Um, and contentment to not be jealous of people in our life and to cheer them on. But I'm talking about like the filter. I'm talking about the edited. I'm talking about just all of that constantly in your face saying you're not good enough. You can't measure up. You could never be me. So I think it's kind of pressing that wound. but I'm not saying that social media is even the problem. I'm saying that our hearts are their problem. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like social media is only as healthy as we are because we're the ones that get to actually be a part of creating the platform. Like the reason why it's unhealthy is because we're unhealthy. And so my point is let's become healthy. And I think that would be my advice to parents. is It's not just say, hey, kids, you can never have social media. It's how do we do social media well? How do we set boundaries? How, do, how are we going to be a healthy version of um, ourselves on social media? How do we be what Jesus called us to be the light of the world in the middle of the darkness on social media? And so I think it's not just shutting it out and saying it's terrible and blaming tech companies. It's saying, how can we do better? How can we post better? How can we encourage better? How can we we be who we're called to be as Christians in the midst of shining our light to the world. And so I, I'm not anti-social media. I'm just like pro getting our life mm-hmm. healthy and together. Mm-hmm.
0: It's really, really true. I, um, I think some of the things that I are even cut, turning out to be scientifically true is that if you are living your life with gratitude, I thought this was very interesting. I learned this last week from a friend. Because she said, how are you doing since Jasper passed away? And I said, of course, we're sad. I said, however, I do feel this overwhelming sense of gratitude. Mm. Uh, and, and it goes in lots of different directions. One, just for having known a creature like that, um, to have shared that love for how Peter and I delighted in him and that we loved sharing him with everybody. And all. The, in fact, social media for me was quite positive because it was all about the dog. And I really love that. But my girlfriend said, well, did you know that there's scientific proof now that you cannot hold in your head a thought of gratitude and a thought of anxiety at the same time? (laughs) I love it. So that the more you are filling your uh, mind and your heart and always talking, even the self-talk. Like Mm -hmm. trying to replace negative self-talk with with words of gratitude, just walking down the street. Oh, thank you for that green light. I'm I'm grateful to be walking here breathing this fresh air. I'm glad I'm, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm grateful I'm able to walk. All of those things will actually help you prevent anxiety.
1: Yeah, I love that. That's so good. I actually heard... Brene Brown says something very similar in a book that she wrote about how gratitude can help defeat fear, and so I, I've kind of applied that to my own life. And whenever I get afraid, I thank God for what I'm afraid of. Like, I'm afraid, honey's going to get sick again. Okay, God, I thank you that she's healthy right now. You know, I'm afraid something's going to happen to my family. I thank you for where we're at right now. And so um, that's so cool that you said that because that's been something that I've been trying to do in my own life as well. I
0: mean, also I'm like, well, it's, it's follow the science. It's scientifically proven. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. That's so cool. When one of the ways that people are able to do that is through, I think, um, even if it's just a moment, even if it's just a page, but a, a devotional, um, like what you've done with Live On Purpose, uh, that at least focuses the mind. It turns things into a habit.
1: Yes. I think that, you know, speaking on gratitude, maybe if you don't have the words to say, I think a devotional can really help you. And I'm grateful to have written one now that is going to help people. It's called Live on Purpose because, again, it is calling you to press past fear and follow God and live the purpose that you were called to. And each day, it's very short devotional. It's very practical. It's not going to go over your head. It's actually very straightforward. But I think it can just give you that uh, pep, that pep in your step to start your day and just that anchor of truth. You know, and the world that will throw so many lies at you. I think it anchors you in truth as you go about. And so I really do think it's going to encourage people. I think it can help transform their mind to think of positive things, think of good
0: things and start to truly live out what they're called to live. I just saw last week that there was a, that many, many young people are living with all of this anxiety that they think that climate change means an end to the existence on Earth. And heck, I don't know. Like, whatever, But I, I, I don't have that overwhelming anxiety. Um, and I think one of the things that you do is not only do you teach uh, and, and minister to younger people, but to their parents, right, mm-hmm. to help them learn how to manage. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah, I think, you know, for me, I always say, because my mom told me this, if you fear anything other than God, then you're giving it too much credit. Mm. And I think that's been something that's really stuck with me. And even like climate change or whatever it is that you're afraid of, I honestly don't talk about those kind of things that much. I don't really get too worked up on it because I know in my belief is like God is in control and he's sovereign and he's the creator of all. And so like even if something goes majorly wrong, if I can't do anything about it, then I know my hope is in God and there's eternal life to come. And I you know, live every day encouraging people about the same hope and the same truth that I believe, because I think it's available for everyone. And so for me, I think that that little concept of if you're fearing anything other than God, giving it too much credit can go into every single thing in your life. Because every single thing, no matter how real it feels and no matter how scary it is, it must bow at the throne of God. It's no greater than God, it can't defeat God. It can't prosper in His kingdom. And so, when you have this hope in something so great like God, who is, um, you know, beginning and end, then nothing can really, truly shake you like it can, whenever your uh, feet is on the the unstable ground of the world. We'll be right
0: back with more of this interview right after this
1: from the Fox News Podcasts Network.
0: Hey there, it's me, Kennedy. Make sure to check out my podcast, Kennedy Saves the World. It is five days a week, every week. Download and listen at foxnewspodcast.com or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. One of the things we talk about on this podcast is finding your career path or maybe changing your career path. Um, What in Live on Purpose can help you figure out what you're supposed to do with your life career-wise? Yeah, I
1: think one thing that I like to encourage people with is that, your purpose is not just about your career. It's not just about your title. It's not just about even your acceptance. Your purpose is a journey and all of those things. And so what I like to encourage people with is like, yes, you're going to be you know, called to something career-wise. Like, You might have the amazing ability to take care of people and you're going to be a nurse. And so if that makes sense for you, go be a nurse, but just know, even before you've passed the final test, God's using you where you're at and you have purpose even in the schooling. Yes. If you are, you know, it makes sense for you because you have all the gifting to go and be a vlogger on YouTube, go be a vlogger on YouTube, but just know before you hit 10 K you have a purpose and God is using you and you're a part of the plan. And so my encouragement to everybody is that like you have a purpose Even if you don't have a platform, you have a purpose, even if you don't have the title yet, um, however, that doesn't mean don't go for the title. That doesn't mean don't go for, you know, the job go for it all like dream big and do big things, but in the midst of it, know that each step matters. And, um, that's what I really want to get across to you. Cause I think so many people nowadays, like they wait to celebrate until they get to the uh, platform. And it's like, Hey, if all the times didn't happen before you wouldn't be where you're at now.
0: Yep. I, I hope there's
1: not an alarm. <laughs> I just can't. There is some kind of alarm happening over here. <laughs> oh. Maybe they're saying, "Hey, wake up!
0: Go live your perfect. Go live your perfect." Exactly. I, you know, I really, I love that that message. I just had two last questions. Unfortunately, we've had the murder of Gabby Petito, who was traveling with her boyfriend across the country. It was her, her fiance at one point. That's a little bit unclear with the family. He is a person of interest now, a suspect uh, still. They have not found him, but they want to question him. But what I wanted to ask you about is something that her father said during the memorial service uh, in which he implored all people, especially young women. Mm -hmm. If you are in a in an unhealthy relationship or a relationship that is bad for you to get out of it now, if you can and not if you can, but to get out of it now. And I wonder what kind of encouragement you could give to people who might find themselves in that situation. They don't know how to get out.
1: Yeah, I will say, and first off, I just want to say before, um, that that is a heartbreaking situation and what I say as advice, I also understand that this is a very hard thing to handle when you're in any kind of relationship, especially any kind of abusive one. I do understand that it is so hard and it's so scary to get out, but I do want to echo what her dad said is that it is so necessary that you do, um, I think you have to do it for yourself. You have to do it for your life. You have to Do it for your future, even your your kids, your future ability to have kids, your future influence, your future purpose. And I think you know when you're in that situation, you're in a bad relationship. You know you get so blinded and you think um, this is how it's always going to be. This is the only relationship I could be in. And a lot of times, uh, abusive relationships will tell you, you know, you're never going to find someone that will love you. You're not. This is the best that you can have. And so you start to believe those things and. I think if you're in that situation, you have to wake up and believe for yourself. There is more for me. I deserve no matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter what you come from, you deserve to be loved. Well, you deserve to be respected with your body. You deserve to be treated kindly. Um, You deserve to be um, affirmed in who you are and not broken down. And so if that's not what you're getting, and I'm not saying that anyone's going to be perfect, but if it's harmful to your spirit, if it's harmful to your body, if it's harmful to you in any way, then I do think it is so worth leaving. No matter how hard a moment is, it is so much better than living a hard life in a terrible relationship. And not every, you know, horrible relationship ends in this devastating outcome. But even if it doesn't get to that point, it is, you know, I don't want to say wasting your life, but it's hurting your life. Mm -hmm. And so it's not something that you need to stay in. And so, um, you know, what brave, moment for her dad to be able to, you
0: know, tell other girls Mm -hmm. that lesson that he's having to grieve with his daughter right now. Right. And, and, and the other thing is that you, if you're not sure how to get out, find a trusted family member or someone that you go to church with that you can say, I think I need help here Um, and 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 turn it over and, and, and let other people help you.
1: Yes, let other people in and let other people help you. Don't, if any kind of relationship is just between you and that person and it's bad, that should be your sign to go tell someone yes. and let someone help
0: you. Yes, yes, true. My last question is this um, What I loved about meeting you, I hope we meet in person one day. Um, Me too. Last spring was that I felt that be- I keep, I'm asked a lot of questions about finding a role model and a mentor. And one of the things I realized in having talked to you, I'm like, Oh, wow. Your role models can be much younger than you (laughs) Um, because I've ever since I got to know who you were and following your story, um, I'm I'm quite inspired. And I feel like you helped me. Uh, Maybe just a last bit of advice for people who are looking for role models and mentors. What do you look for?
1: It's great. Yeah, I think, you know, and first of all, thank you. That's so sweet. You, you are one to me as well. And one that a lot of people can look up to. I think for role models, you look for just that someone who models who's in a role that models something that you seek to, um, to be like, you know, that you seek to follow after it's seeing someone, if you, you know, want to go after and be in front of the camera, seeing someone who does that, but does it well and does it with integrity. If you are someone who, you know, wants to be a good mom and you see another mom who's just doing a great job at it, go, go model that, you know? And so I think it's anyone it doesn't have to be your age. It can be much older. It can be much younger. I think even having the variety of age and, um, even different and, and diversity and race and all the different things can actually really help you to become a better person as a whole because you're getting to learn from all different types of people. And so, yes, like let your role model be someone that you want to model your life after that's doing a great job with it, but also let it be someone that might be a little different than you sometimes too, because I think that that really does make you a better and a more well-rounded person. Wonderful.
0: Um, Sadie, I want to put you on record here. I'd love to have you come back either for the podcast and uh, America's Newsroom when your yeah. book comes out in February. I'm very excited about that and hope I get a galley copy. <laughs> hey, I would love that. We'll okay. definitely send one. Appreciate okay. it so much. Uh, well our, our love to you, honey and Christian. Thank you so much. Thank you. So appreciated talking to you. Okay, bye-bye. Hey, good luck. All right, bye. I think Sadie is certainly one to watch, everyone. That is an incredible young woman. Her books are wonderful. Her message is terrific, and I was just honored to be able to call her a role model and have her on the show. Make sure you subscribe to this series wherever you download podcasts and leave a rating and review. I'm Dana Perino. Everything will be okay.
1: the fox news rundown a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else your daily dose of news, twice a day featuring insight from top newsmakers reporters and fox news contributors listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com listen to fox news podcast shows ad-free on fox news podcast plus on apple podcast amazon music with your prime membership or follow wherever you get your podcasts